0: Hey, Anton. Yeah, Margaret? You know what people don't talk about enough? What? That moment when Henry and Walter changed their opinion of the schedule solely based on Wilhelm's reaction. Welcome to People Don't Talk About Young Royals. I'm Margaret. My pronouns are they, them.
1: And I'm Anton. My pronouns are he, they.
0: And we're people here to discuss the show our friends are sick of hearing us talk about.
1: If that sounds like you, stick around. If your friends sent you this podcast as a desperate attempt to get you to watch Young Royals, take this as a sign.
0: Go watch Young Royals, and then come back to this podcast.
1: Margaret, what are we talking about today?
0: Today we will be providing a summary of the events of Young Royals Season 1, Episode 1. Woohoo! <laughs>
1: Alrighty, hello everyone this is probably not going to be where we do just random talking bullshit but like uh <laughs> i think it makes it makes sense to as on this our the inaugural episode of people don't talk about young royals to say hello and thank you for listening um To begin this summary episode of the pilot of Young Royals, uh, let's start off with a disclaimer. We are not a substitute for watching the actual show. These summaries serve to give us a baseline for later discussions about what happened on the show. Everything we will be describing is portrayed infinitely better on screen, so if you haven't seen Young Royals and any of what we say here sounds interesting, we advise you to pause the stream and go watch the show. Then, come back to this episode of the podcast if you want our personal breakdown of events. With that said, let's get into Season 1, Episode 1.
0: Alright, so the episode opens with uh, Wilhelm standing, or leaning over the sink, breathing heavily, while a woman is trying to get him to leave, saying that there's a car ready outside, we need to leave soon. Then we see him in the car... Those scenes have a flashback to the fight Wilhelm was in. It starts with Wilhelm leaving the club and people are trying to get his attention. In particular, one boy in blue grabs at him. When he gets to the bottom, the boy in blue who grabbed at him is coming down the stairs and the people that Wilhelm was with are pointing up the stairs towards him. The car drives past a group of paparazzi and Wilhelm puts his hand up to block his face from the pictures. We flash back to the fight, and the boy in blue grabs Wilhelm in both of his hands, and Wilhelm headbutts him. The shot then flashes back and forth between the fight and Wilhelm uh, being in the car listening to music.
1: The woman next to him, who I'm going to presume is uh, the publicist for the royal family, uh, uh, or at least for Wilhelm, gets gets, uh, Wilhelm's attention, and he's forced to remove his earbuds. At this point, the music cuts out. She hands him a tablet, explaining that his it is his speech, asking the nation for forgiveness. Dismissing his initial disbelief, the publicist continues, informing him that the queen wishes that he deliver the speech personally. While studying the script, he has been handed. Wilhelm reads that quote: "My parents and I have decided that I will enroll at Hälleriska boarding school immediately." As we cut to a shot of Wilhelm walking through a lavish hallway of the Swedish royal palace. In voiceover, he refutes this statement, insisting that it can't be true, because he hasn't even spoken to his parents. The publicist apologizes, and says it has already been decided. Cut back to the limo, and Wilhelm protests, asking when this was decided, and arguing that all of his friends are here in Stockholm. As Wilhelm walks through the palace looking defeated, he asks the publicist in voiceover if he has a say in this, yelling that he doesn't want to go to some fucking boarding school.
0: The makeup artist is covering the cuts he has from the fight, while Willa's dad is quizzing him on what he's going to say during the interview. It appears that the rest of the royal court is sitting around the table as well. He says to his father, yeah, but it'll be obvious I don't mean what I say, dad. His mother, the queen, uh, Queen Christina, comes into the room and grabs the Willem's chin to inspect the marks covered in makeup. To his mom, he says, Mom, I'm not going to a boarding school, while pulling his face away from her. She responds, It's been decided. He says, You never asked me. To which she responds, Now just be quiet. During this interaction, Eric, his brother, walks closer to them from where he was standing across the room. Wilhelm is distraught when he exclaims, Why can't I decide how the hell I want to live? I want a normal life. The queen, while grabbing at his face again, says... If we can't protect you from situations, we will have to make sure they don't arise, and tries to grab his face again. Then she says, Hylershka will help you adopt the right routines and keep the right company. At this comment, Willem starts chewing his nail, and the queen rips his hand away from his mouth while yelling at him to stop that.
1: The royal family enters an opulent room of pink pastels, filled with security and a few press, the queen leading the way. In voiceover, she explains that their family has attended Halershka for generations, adding that it was a mistake to let him choose a quote-unquote regular school. She reminds him that although his older brother Eric is the crown prince, he has responsibilities. As the family lines up on a pale pink couch with gold backing beneath an oil painting presumably of a young princess from centuries long past, the queen's voiceover finishes with her insisting that being a prince is not a punishment, but a privilege. An attendant steps in to ask that Wilhelm and his brother switch places on the couch, placing Wilhelm next to his mother. The camera very slowly zooms in as Wilhelm is fitted with a lavalier mic and told to begin when he's ready. The zoom-in continues as Wilhelm fidgets and stammers over the beginning of his prepared speech. He stops and takes a deep breath. He then gives the speech without issue as the camera zooms in on his face, looking off towards the journalist across from him. The speech opens with him acknowledging that nobody is more disappointed in him than his family, and especially himself. He explains the past year has been difficult for him, since his confirmation last summer when he was given a more official role as prince. This role has come with added pressure, which has led him to, quote, acting irresponsibly. He apologizes and assures the nation that it will not happen again. The speech ends with Wilhelm informing the public that his parents and him have decided that he will enroll at Hillershke boarding school to continue his education there. By the end of the speech, all we see is Wilhelm's face, as a low sound builds and Wilhelm's head turns to look directly at the audience as the bass drops. Wannabe Ghetto by Fata Boom plays over a title card, proclaiming simply the name of the show in letters that fill the, nearly the entire screen. Behind the title card, Wilhelm sits in a stoic portrait tableau with the rest of his family, swiftly followed by Wilhelm sitting alone on the same couch with that same neutral expression on his face, We cut in on a close-up of his face one last time. The title card disappears, and we move on to the next scene as the song continues. Iconic opener, okay? Can we just say that?
0: Kick-ass opener.
1: Like, we have a lot of episode to get through. I don't want to, like, feel like we have to comment on every amazing scene. But, like, and, like, and, like, for those of you who are listening to this podcast who don't know how this podcast works... This pos- this episode is just summary, so we're trying not to discuss what we're talking about. but it's gonna be real hard. um, it's
0: gonna be so hard.
1: but here we are just just talking to each other about a show both of us have seen like we do with our like, like you do with your friends all the time. but
0: and like our friends are sick of hearing.
1: yes, very, very <laughs> tired of it. Hence why this podcast is this. All right. That was, that was, that was, that was a tangent. Margaret, you go.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so in the next scene, we see a montage of the rowing team, students in class, Eric driving fast, bringing Wilhelm and himself to the school, students going out onto the school grounds, and the staff making final touches for the prince's arrival. Uh, Students are also in the horse arena, and staff is lining up inside the door. Wilhelm and Eric pull up to the school and the headmistress is outside to greet them. Eric greets the headmistress with a handshake and August with a hug. Wilhelm greets both the headmistress and August with a handshake and August reaches out to inspect Wilhelm's cut again. Alexander comes over to greet both princes and takes Wilhelm's bags out of the car. Wilhelm tries to bring his own bags in but Alexander isn't having any of that. The photographer asks for pictures of the princes bringing the bags in, and Willem tries to take the bag from August, but is unsuccessful, and Eric tells him to just let August do it. It's important to note that the windows behind them during this entire interaction are full of students watching.
1: I literally really never noticed that.
0: <laughs> I didn't either, to be fair, until I was watching it last night.
1: That's that's the great thing about these summary, summary episodes, you realize things
0: the attention to detail for me oh yeah it's yeah
1: which we will get to later not in this not not in this episode
0: no we have to refrain ourselves yes
1: okay everyone enters the school and the princes shake shake hands with each faculty member one by one the photographer snapping pictures all the while the publicist asks that they get a picture of wilhelm shaking the hand of the headmistress annette the publicist then asks Wilhelm to switch places with the headmistress before they can take the picture. Wilhelm does so, but not without sighing and cursing under his breath. He asks if they're done here, and the publicist says that these are the last pictures they, but before they head to the church, where the school, ch- school choir will welcome him. Cut to Wilhelm, Eric, and August having the church doors open for them by student ushers, trailed by a security guard. The entire school, also in uniform, just like August and Alexander, already sits in the pews, turning to stare and whisper about Wilhelm as the trio passes down the, in- down the center aisle. Eric smiles diplomatically, August smirks with self-importance, and Wilhelm just looks dead inside. The camera starts flashing again as they approach a front pew, and Wilhelm tries for the smallest of fake smiles, but gives up as he sits down, sandwiched between August and his brother. The photographer flashes right in Wilhelm's face as he looks around and catches other students continuing to stare at him and gossip with each other. He stares forward, clearly uncomfortable, but unsure what to do with this information.
0: And then the choir enters, and Felice is one of the first people on the stage. She waves at Wilhelm, and this causes August to ask if Wilhelm knows Felice, and we learn that they went to preschool together. This leads August to say, I'm going to marry her. And Eric jokes, well, you're going to have to stop sleeping around then. To which August says back seriously. One must lay the foundation while they're too insecure to object. I'm just I'm just gonna keep going. I can't get into. That. <laughs> <laughs> we we can't we can't
1: we can't, can't get we into can't. that right now.
0: No. Yeah. <laughs> the choir begins singing with some soft harmonies, and then the boy with the curly hair has his solo. Vincent asks if, excuse me, would you mind singing a bit louder? In response, the boy does sing louder and has a very beautiful voice. They're singing It Takes a Fool to Remain Sane, and Wilhelm smiles for the first time since the episode started. While the song can still be heard in the background, Eric and Wilhelm are having their picture taken in front of the school again. Eric says, we run on three. The boys run away and up a small hill, being trailed by security guards.
1: After the welcome service, August huddles up in the center aisle of the empty church with two of his friends, Vincent and Nils. August asks how the other two hadn't considered the school would be searched before Wilhelm arrived. Vincent insists that it is impossible to get anything into the school, as the royal security has scared the staff. He needed a doctor's note just to bring his medication onto campus. August curses and complains that he promised Eric to take care of Willa. The first time we hear this nickname, by the way. He wants to give him the wildest initiation ever. August asks them if they, quote, want the future king to remember them as legends of the decade or as losers who couldn't even make a fucking toast to the prince happen. A member of the choir passes by, then, with music in his hand, and the group hushes up. The boy who sang the solo appears some distance behind, music also in hand, and Nils points him out, asking, what about him, the non border As the boy passes by, Nils compliments his voice, the boy looks back, somewhat confused, but says nothing and keeps walking. Nils suggests that the non-boarding soloist is bound to know someone who makes, quote, moonshine. Vincent laughs and reminisces about the time the boy came up to them the first week and was like, what's up? Nils fate gags and says it makes him puke, joking, as if we have anything in common, and laughing along. August looks past them to the front doors through which the soloist has exited with an idea on his face.
0: And then we see Eric and Wilhelm uh, being led to Wilhelm's new room and Wilhelm says, I can't take three years here, Eric. Eric then advises him to do what the first years do and what the third years tell you. He then throws a booklet at Wilhelm that says sense and etiquette on the cover. Wilhelm to this responds, you mean do what August tells me? He's annoying. Eric asserts, August is family. You can trust August. He's like a brother. Wilhelm asks, who the hell can live like this for three fucking years? And Eric responds, it's not about you. Everything you do reflects back on our family. It's time to stop being so selfish. It's not that hard. You just have to be able to keep up appearances. Someone knocks on the door to signify that Eric has to leave. The brothers hug and Wilhelm nearly refuses to let go as they stumble out of the room with Wilhelm on Eric's back. Eric leaves Wilhelm alone in the hallway and Wilhelm says say hi to mom and dad for me.
1: Briefly cut back to the soloist boy opening his locker and grabbing his backpack before he is walking outside the school about to start down a path leading off the grounds. August calls after him, hey you socialist guy, to which the boy corrects him. His name is Simon. August catches up and walks alongside Simon, introducing himself and calling it a pleasure to meet him simone responds by asking if this is some kind of prank august denies this insisting he just wanted to say hi he doesn't believe they've met simone is dubious pointing out that he's been going to Hilershka for over a month but goes with it august then immediately launches into his request asking for simone's help and whether he knows someone who sells booze when the other boy doesn't respond august swears that simone has to have a local dealer and claims that his regular contact is out of town Finally, he simply asks Simone how he gets his booze for his parties. Simone's first response is to ask whether August believes everyone who doesn't live at school is a dealer. August ignores the question entirely and explains the initiation party for Wilhelm. In exchange for a contact to get them alcohol, he offers to make a quote, extreme exception, end quote, and invite Simone to the party. He continues by saying it's very rare for a first year to get invited and to ask whether people like you there with us Wouldn't it be fun? Simone shakes his head in mild disbelief and disgust and walks on ahead, August still calling after him for clarification as to whether he'll hook him up.
0: Then we cut to the riding arena where we see Felice riding her horse. Uh, The horse is spooked and Felice is not able to control him. The instructor tells Felice that she'll have to sit out this lesson and has Sarah help Felice and her horse. Sarah speaks gently with the horse and he immediately calms down and Felice gets off while Sarah gets on and walks the horse away without complications. Sarah then untacks and grooms the horse until Felice comes in and takes the brush out of Sarah's hand. Felice is sarcastic with Sarah about picking the hooves and when Simon shows up, Felice tells Sarah to just leave.
1: Simone and Sarah walk down a path lined by trees, leaving the school. Simone tells Sarah that Felice shouldn't talk to her like that. Sara says that Felice's behavior isn't about her. Simone asserts that she still shouldn't, not taking Sara's excuse. For her part, Sara insists she doesn't care, as working at the stables means she gets to ride and have out as much as she wants to. It's perfect. Simone expresses concern, saying he doesn't want her to be treated badly again. Sara states that she likes it better at Halejka than Mariaburg, as at least no one picks on her here. She refuses to redo a grade again just because school scares her. The two of them hop onto the arriving bus. As they head to their seats, Simone asks Sara to promise him to tell him if something is wrong. She replies that she's used to not being popular. She tells him to drop out if he wants to, but that she can take care of herself. What follows is a montage of Sara and Simone sitting at the back of the bus, during which time they take a selfie together, making silly faces. Later, Simone's friends Ayub and Rosh get on the bus. Upon seeing them, Ayub greets Simone with the nickname Sime. Cut to Simon in conversation with his friends, with Sara staring out the window just outside of the frame. Ayub asks if they have to wear a uniform every day, and Simon explains that they don't, but it's just because Prince Wilhelm started the school today. His friends laugh, and Rosh pretends to be impressed, while Ayub asks if the prince is as much of a loser as he seems. Simon shrugs, while Rosh asks them if they've seen the gif of Wilhelm's fight, and they both say no. All three crowd around Rosh's phone and laugh together as they look at Wilhelm headbutting another boy on a loop with the meme text, I didn't choose the thug life, the thug life chose me.
0: And then we cut to Felice in her dorm room, and she's scrolling through her phone and looking at pictures of Wilhelm that were taken on his first day. (laughs) Don't look at me like that. (laughs) This scene is already going to be hard for me to get through. (laughs) (laughs) This is ace phobia. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> we <then> cut- <laughs> I can't look at you for this You're going away Okay <laughs> We then cut to Felice scrolling through her phone Looking at the pictures of Wilhelm that were taken Today on his first day at Halerjka She's masturbating to this picture for a short while While her roommate <sighs> She's masturbating to this picture for a short while While her roommate comes back from her shower Her roommate Maddie is complaining about the showers, but says at least they don't have to share showers. This leads to a comment from Maddie asking if royal dick is better than regular dick. Felice is grossed out by that, and Maddie calls her out for having just watched porn. Felice corrects her and shows her the picture of Wilhelm. Maddie asks, why are you even so obsessed with him? And Felice talks about his royal stance and how his kids will be princes and princesses. While Felice is explaining this, she undoes and fixes Maddie's hair, even though she didn't wash her hands yet. Felice skips dinner, claiming she's not hungry. Maddie goes to dinner, and while Maddie's at dinner, Felice posts a picture of her on her Instagram with her horse with the caption, Wonderful day in the stables, even though she didn't have a wonderful day in the stables. Many replies are seen across the screen, all of which are positive and praising Felice and her life. That too.
1: I'll add one of which is from Wilhelm, which is just a hard eyes emoji. Yes. Alrighty. Cut to the home of Simon and Sara in the lead up to dinner time. Sarah is directing Ayub on how to properly set the table. Simone asks his and Sarah's mother Linda if she brought if she bought ketchup, and takes the squeeze bottle from her. He then carries a communal bowl of spaghetti over to the kitchen table, proclaiming, proclaiming that he's fucking hungry. As everyone starts to serve themselves, Sarah asks if someone wants water, holding up a pitcher. Linda comes out of the kitchen and asks Ayub how his mother is doing. Ayub says she's fine and sends her love. Speaking in Spanish, Simon asks his mom how work was as he douses his spaghetti and ketchup. Responding in Spanish, she says that it was fine and asks about school. He says it was fine, this time in Swedish. Sara asks Simon if he could stop eating so noisily. He proceeds to eat louder on purpose. Linda finally sits down at the table, having forgotten napkins. Sara tells Simon to stop, that he's being gross. In Spanish, Linda asks Simon to please stop, and he does. Speaking in Swedish, Sara asks her mom to please sit up straighter, and to have some proper table manners. Linda corrects her posture, but clearly looks hurt. Simon asks Ayub if he wants ketchup, and he says yes. It starts to rip messily. Now speaking Swedish, Linda asks Sara how things are at the stables. Sara responds also in Swedish, saying it is good, and she enjoys it. Linda then asks about the girls at school, whether she's made any new friends. Sara points out that there are boys there too, but goes on to say she's made, quote, no new friends. Not really. Talking about the stables reminds Sara to mention she needs new jumpers for riding. Linda asks her in Spanish about her current pair. Sara explains in Swedish that they're falling apart, and that's what happens with the cheap ones. They don't last long. Linda scoffs, saying, again in Spanish, that it's ridiculous to spend so much on expensive clothes just to impress the people at school. Sara argues in Swedish that that isn't the point. They're falling apart, so she can't use them. Simone interjects to assert that she's become such a snob. Linda asserts to her in Spanish that she didn't mean that. Sara tells Simone to shut up, adding that stuff like that mattered more at Mariaberg than at Hilershka. Linda argues that it was more diverse, but Sara asks what that ha- what that has to do with anything, calling her former school quote. A diverse bunch of losers who'll never amount to anything. Someone is like, what the fuck? Just chill. this sets Sarah off. She takes her bowl of pasta to the kitchen, yelling for them to stop nagging her. She just wants to go to school in peace and quiet, and she doesn't need any friends. Understand? Her passionate speech is punctuated by her throwing her ball into the sink, after which she goes to her room and slams the door behind her. A frustrated Linda puts her head in her hand, not sure what to do about her daughter. Out of the awkward silence, Simone tells his mom that he and Sara were invited to a party. Pleasantly surprised, Linda asks if it's organized by the school. Simone says no, the third years are throwing it, and that not all first years are invited, but they are. Linda is overjoyed, asking him if things at school are better than Sara says. Simone says they are. Linda smiles at her son with pride, while Simone, the moment she looks away, sneaks a look at her with worry on his face.
0: We then cut to all the Forest Ridge boys standing around the table behind their chairs. Walter and Henry are talking about Wilhelm's initiation that will be happening tomorrow, and Wilhelm enters the room and asks August if he can sit with him. August then replies, sorry, but first years have to sit down there. Wilhelm walks down to the other end of the table. He stands behind a chair across from Henry and Walter and asks the boy next to him how meals work here. The boy next to him responds, well, we're waiting for the housemaster, then the third years get served, then the second years, and finally us. Willem asks what happens after dinner, to which the boy responds, then we have something called workies, and then after that, we have free time. To this, Walter and Henry respond, it's normally boring as hell. Yeah, it's totally boring. Willem says, sounded pretty sweet to me. Walter and Henry immediately walk back on what they said and reply, yeah, agreed, it's pretty nice. It's awesome to just chill out. Willem is messing with them and says, I was kidding. Henry and Walter laugh nervously, look at each other, and respond to that, yeah, so are we. To this, Willow ensures them, you're allowed to have your own opinions, it's cool. Henry and Walter look embarrassed, but before they can say anything further, the housemaster walks in. The housemaster asks the boys that they make the prince feel extra welcome. To this, Willow looks uncomfortable being called the prince. Then they start the prayer.
1: Cut to Simon in his room playing video games, talking to Ayub over his headset. Simon asks if, quote, Mika got drinks for Ayub for the midsummer party. Ayub admits that he did and apologizes, saying he would have used Stafa's brother if he hadn't moved. Ayub then asks why why Simon wants to know. Simon somewhat reluctantly explains August's request and his hope that getting the booze will allow him to bring his sister. She needs some fun. Ayub takes no issue with someone Simone getting the booze but tells him to stay away from Mika as Simone always seems to get depressed after seeing his dad. Simone says nothing in response considering his limited options
0: and then we see Willa laying in his room looking at pictures that were taken that day on his phone he zooms in on himself and inspects the picture closer he then opens his text and texts his mother please mom let me come home to this the queen dismissing him, To this, the queen dismisses him and replies, no, that sounds bad. Um, (laughs) English major help? That's good, thank you. (laughs) To this, the queen dismisses him and replies, you'll feel better soon. Willa is glassy-eyed as he closes his phone and puts it under his pillow while getting more comfortable on the bed. He looks over to his desk at a snow globe with a green frog wearing a golden crown with golden flakes on it. It's the next morning as the scene cuts to a groundskeeper cleaning out the water feature in front of the school. Then we see Alexander walking to each room, knocking on the door, and when the boy opens the door telling them that it's ten past seven in the morning.
1: After a quick shot of a girl startling two of her friends on the stairwell, a bell rings and we are in the middle of a class with Wilhelm, Simon, Sarah, Felice, and the other first years, presumably philosophy. The instructor is having the class rank and compare various crimes for their severity relative to each other. They've all agreed murder is the worst, followed by child molestation and rape. She asks their thoughts about the difference between two, quote, less sensitive issues. Tax evasion versus welfare scams. Walter says that tax evasion suggests the person has made a lot of money, meaning that they have contributed to society, created jobs, etc. One of the female students, Stella, says that welfare scammers give nothing back. They just take, so that's worse. Henry, sitting next to Walter, argues that if taxes were lower, companies wouldn't have had to move overseas. He uses his dad's estate as an example. Saying that they struggle to the meet ends meet due to the high taxes. Sitting next to Sara, Simon softly chuckles. The instructor asks if he has an opinion he wants to share. Without hesitation, Simon responds that it is a weird question, wondering why it's evasion for taxes, but scam for welfare. Is it okay for the rich to cheat, but not the poor? It's not called welfare for the rich, it's called deduction head over to Wilhelm, sitting next to Alexander, and looking around as if he's wondering how other people are reacting to this, and whether or not Simone is even allowed to say these things. Turning around in his chair, Simone asks Henry if he knows how much his dad receives per year in EU subsidies, and Henry fires back, asking Simone what the fuck his dad does. The instructor orders Henry to watch his language. In the mumbling that follows, Simone shrugs and says, we all know who the biggest welfare receivers are and gives Prince Wilhelm a sidelong glance. The instructor tells Simone off. Wilhelm looks a little uncomfortable, but then he gives a small fake smile to Alexander, pretending as if Simone's final comment didn't bother him.
0: The next scene starts with August yelling at the rowing team, saying, You run like a bunch of old fucking ladies, damn it. You can run faster than that. Then August, Nils, and Vincent are sitting at a table, and Vincent steals Nils' hat and runs off with it. We then cut to lunch where the third years are sitting at one end of the table, and the first years are sitting at the other. Wilhelm walks in, grabs a plate, looks over at Simon, then August, and then Simon again, and grabs his food and sits down across from Simon. He says to Simon, I didn't know you belonged to Forest Ridge. Simon replies, well, I don't. To this, Wilhelm is confused and asks, but you're eating with us? So Simon replies, we non-residents have to eat somewhere. During this interaction, Simon seems a little standoffish, not necessarily cold, but like he's on the defense. Wilhelm looks really nervous when he says, Um, we haven't been introduced. I'm Wilhelm. Simon replies with just his name and looks Wilhelm up and down like he's still trying to figure him out. Wilhelm tells Simon, I liked what you said in there, Simon. Well said. This is in reference to his part in the class discussion of the previous scene. Simon smiles to himself, looks down at his food, and says, Okay, why didn't you say anything? To this, Wilhelm looks ashamed and responds, "'Cause I'm not." Then he pauses to clear his throat. "'I'm not allowed to speak on political issues.'" At this, it looks like Simon might be warming up to Wilhelm. Before Simon can respond, August asks, "'Willow, would you please come here for a moment?' Willow says, "'See you around to Simon,' and gets up with his plate. He looks back at Simon, then starts walking over to August. He almost drops his fork on his way over, catches it, looks over at Simon again. Simon was watching him, laughs to himself, and looks back down to his food. August has Willis sit with him and has Nils move over so that Willa can sit right next to him, even though at dinner the night before, he said first years have to sit at the other end of the table when Willa asks to sit with him. While Willa is sitting down, August says, We'll make an exception today. Sit with us. The grown-up's table. That's great. Felt like I had to rescue you from that situation. Willow looks uncomfortable during this interaction, especially when August puts his arm around Wilhelm and when he says the last part about rescuing him from Simon. Wilhelm looks uncomfortable or like he's feeling bad when he looks down the table at Simon, who once again looks standoffish or like he's on the defensive and looks down at his food.
1: Cut to outside the back of the school where Simon waits on the steps as August passes by, confiding in Nils and Vincent to get Willa to quote the palace before the party, as they need to be alone with him to swear the oath. Nils insists that their entire house will be at the initiation. Once they are almost off the stairs, someone finally gets up the nerve to clear his throat and ask August if they can talk, fumbling over his words a little. All three third-years stare at him, stunned that he's even speaking to them. August recognizes what this is about and removes his sunglasses, telling his friends to go ahead that he'll catch up with them. The moment Vincent and Nils are gone, Simone presents his counteroffer. booze in exchange for letting both him and his sister come to the party. August smiles and agrees, saying that he hopes they won't all go blind from Simon's moonshine. He assures him he's just kidding, but Simone doesn't find the comment funny. August puts his sunglasses back on and ruffles Simon's hair, calling him a good socialist and such a good boy. He tells him to make sure to check his DMs and that he'll be in touch. They walk away from each other, Simon presumably headed back to class. He looks over his shoulder more than once at August, confidently striding off the stairs and across the campus grounds like he owns the place.
0: Then we see Simon walking through a door, and as he does, two little kids run out of it. He walks into the building and rings the doorbell of one of the apartments. A man opens the door, and Simon looks frozen. The man gets his attention with, Sima? All Simon can find the words for is, Hi, still looking frozen in place. And then, can I come in? The man, who we find out is Simon's dad, responds, Yeah, hell yeah, come on in, like he's desperate for Simon to want to be there with him. It's clear from this interaction and the conversation Simon had with Ayub that he does not have contact with his father. Simon gives him a brief smile and comes in, closing the door behind him. We finally see Simon's dad's face, and he doesn't look well-kept. His hair is messy, and his eyes are either swollen or have puffy dark circles under them but he's smiling, presumably because Simon showed up at his apartment. As Simon is taking off his shoes, he asks Simon if he came straight from school. To this, Simon doesn't say anything, just hums and nods his head. He's still looking very uncomfortable, like he does not really want to be there. They walk into the living room and his dad apologizes for the mess and says, I wasn't expecting such distinguished company. To say his apartment is a mess is an understatement of the year. The couch pillows are thrown around the couch, along with clothes and blankets on the couch as well. The coffee table is full of a mountain of cigarette butts and lighters, and other random things like mail, the remote, a container of oranges, dishes, and then something else I can't quite make out, but I think it might be magazines or something similar to it. While asking how Simon's mom and sister are, he dumps the cigarettes into a dirty mug. Then Simon says in response to this, They are good, clearly uncomfortable with the interaction and not wanting to discuss his mom and Sarah with his father. Simon's dad also picks up an empty vodka bottle from the ground. And during this entire interaction, there's a distant look in Simon's eye that we have not seen from him until now. Like he's trying to distance himself from the situation to protect himself, even though he came here of his own accord. Simon asks how his dad's back is, to which his dad responds, It's much better, thanks. I got new meds. While his dad is talking, Simon continues to organize the coffee table, piling the lighters. Micah again asks, seemingly desperate for information, in a way that indicates he doesn't understand the harm he's caused them. So, how are they, Sarah and Mom? When Simon doesn't respond, Mika says, it's so great to see you. During this, Simon is looking around taking in the space and nervously tapping his fingers on his knees, like he's either impatient and just wants to leave, or is very nervous and wants to get this over with so he can leave. Mika walks back in again with two mugs and a package of cookies, then sits down on the couch across from Simon, and he asks Simon, how's your school? To this, Simon doesn't say anything, only hums in a response. Looking very uncomfortable and moving his hands around in his lap, he finally looks at his dad and says, I need your help with something. Mika says, okay, and Simon says, I know you're dealing booze. Everyone knows. This is the first time Mika looks almost embarrassed. Simon continues, I need some for a party. It's not for me. I don't drink. At this, Mika looks proud, almost, of Simon. During this entire interaction, Simon is looking around the room and only meets Mika's eyes a few times, clearly uncomfortable to be there talking to him. Mika still looks proud and laughs quietly to himself and says, I remember what it was like trying to impress a girl. To this, Simon only responds, I'm gay, dad. And Micah says, oh, right, I'm sorry. Micah corrects himself and says, a cute guy then. To this, Simon looks down and smiles. Then Micah says, what the hell, count on your dad to save the day. He then pulls a very uncomfortable Simon into a hug as Simon says, don't tell anyone I was here. It's probably for the best. To this, Micah says, okay and then he pulls Simon into another hug, and it takes Simon a while to reciprocate this hug, still clearly uncomfortable and stiff, but finally awkwardly pats his back while his dad continues to hug him very close and tightly, seemingly not paying attention to the discomfort in his son's mannerisms.
1: High-energy hip-hop plays as we cut to a gagged Wilhelm being dragged kicking and screaming across the grounds in his pajamas in the middle of the night by four people dressed in black wearing scary masks. Cut to Willow being tied to a statue and being stared at by people who still refuse to show their faces. He cries out, but the sound is still muffled by his gag. The masked figures spray him with water guns and pelt him with flour as they come closer and closer. One person in a clown mask touches Willow's face with his red nose. Cut to Willow removed from the statue, but with the same blue rope tied like a leash around his neck, as he's pulled and ridden on and made to act like an animal as the boys of Forest Ridge whoop and cheer. Cut to everyone else spitting into a red solo cup, before an Willa is allowed to remove his gag, only to be forced to chug the entire contents of the cup. He then proceeds to drop down to his hands and knees, and dry heave. As do everyone in the audience. <sighs> Cut to the palace, the hangout spot of the Forest Ridge house, where Wilhelm stands under a disco ball flanked by Vincent and Nils, with August's forehead touching his. August asks a confused Willa to repeat after him. I swear to always honor the proud traditions of Forest Ridge House. After the smallest of pauses, Willa gives the oath. August continues, declaring, Once a brother, always a brother, as the other boys join in. Willa smiles and stumbles back after they let him go. August hands him his shirt and tie, congratulates him on making it through initiation, and welcomes him to the palace. He apologizes that things got, quote, a bit rough, but that he figures Wilhelm didn't want special treatment, at which Willa smiles. Nils informs Willa that they've got some nice girls coming later, and Willa says, Okay, nice. August tells him to go and get change for the party.
0: I know we're not supposed to to be doing commentary. I don't think we've. I don't think. I I don't think people talk about uh, how truly disgusting it is that they make him drink their spit.
1: You know, I think people do talk about that, like a lot. I
0: think it should be talked about more, because it's disgusting. And it's not like take a little sip, he had to drink the whole thing. Yeah, That's disgusting. Okay. Maybe I'm just a germ freak, but...
1: No, I think it's it's universally acknowledged. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, I think... Okay. (laughs) I don't know if the first episode is a place to talk about this, because it's not even a discussion episode, but one way that listeners will be able to distinguish between Margaret's perspective on the show and my perspective on the show is that Margaret (laughs) has watched the show an infinite number of times, whereas... I have watched an infinite number of reaction videos on YouTube, so yeah. in terms of my, my, me having seen at least, like, 12 people gag right along with Willa, yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In my extent to knowing what people talk about on this show is what Tumblr's talking about, so. Also a valid take. Thank you. I will say, watching the show so many times made it so much easier to copy the dialogue down for these points. Oh, yeah. Because I kind of already had the dialogue memorized. It was great. Okay, anyways. Then we see the party has started. There are colorful lights and a lot of alcohol. August and Wilhelm are sitting on the couch together, and August starts, us. And August starts talking. Your only mistake was that you hung out with the wrong kind of people. I understand that you want to feel normal go to a normal school, meet normal girls, go to normal parties. But how did that work out? The problem...
1: (laughs) (laughs) For those those who are listening, I couldn't help (laughs) myself and started making a wanking motion.
0: The way that I was not looking at Zoom until you did that, and that was the Only time I looked at Zoom while I was talking. Okay, anyways. (laughs) Anyways, continue. Uh... (laughs) The problem is that normal people will never see you as one of them. But here, you're among your own. We could murder somebody and nobody would say a word. To this, Willem scoffs and says nay, but August insists that it's true. Simon and Sarah enter the party... Sarah takes a drink, and Simon looks at her disapprovingly. Simon catches Willa's eye, they make eye contact, while August says, Keep your friends close and your enemies closer. Simon looks and walks away, and Wilhelm looks sad or disappointed, while August shakes his head slightly while remarking, Fucking non-res, referring to Simon, who got him the booze and who he invited in return. Simon is hanging out with Sarah during the party, Wilhelm is very drunk, and he's in the middle of a mosh pit situation, getting more alcohol poured into his mouth. Sarah is then drinking the partially drunken, partially drank. Can you see how many times I went back and forth between what the right (laughs) tense of the verb was here?
1: Resident English major, partially drunken. It sounds weird. Partially drunken?
0: Really? That sounds disgusting. Yeah. All right. Yeah.
1: I know. No. Pa yeah. Past tense versus past participle. Anyways. Continue. Hmm. Dang, that has to go on the podcast. It now, really cause does,
0: because that was good. We
1: gotta, we gotta we gotta yeah, we gotta people gotta know I'm an English major. You know? They do. It's it's part of my personality.
0: Yeah. Continue. And they've gotta know that I can barely string a sentence together. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Um, Sarah is then drinking all the partially drunken drinks that I was writing my own commentary being confused at 7am this morning. I don't even know. Okay. Hang on. Give me a second. Sarah is then drink, seen drink, Sarah is then seen drinking all the partially drunken drinks. August is trying to get close with and dance with Felice and Felice keeps pushing him away, but he does not take the fucking hint. Willa is dancing drunk in the mosh pit thing, and Sarah is still drinking the discarded drinks. Simon is just watching with a glow stick crown, looking very cute and content (laughs) with a little smile.
1: It's very important that we mention that he looks cute.
0: He does! He looks adorable!
1: Outside the main party area, Sarah is well and truly tipsy, giggling to herself. She notices Felice and moves to offer her help, seeing that the other girl is sitting on a cardboard box and puking her guts out. Felice refuses her help and demands she not tell anyone. Sarah asks why she would. It's just gross. Felice throws up again before turning to Sarah and telling her she's pretty special. Sarah informs her that she has Asperger's and asks if she's heard of it, adding that she also has ADHD, but that isn't special. It's quite common. It is unclear whether Felice registers anything Sarah has just said, as she looks down and questions if her hair is curly. Sarah confirms that it is, and Felice laments the fact, asking Sarah if she knows how long it takes for her to straighten it. Sarah steps forward and starts to adjust Felice's hair, asking her why she straightens it if it takes her so long, to which Felice simply responds that she has to. Sarah refutes this and says she looks pretty anyway, as she finishes Felice's hair. After calling her pretty a second time, while cupping her face, Sarah takes Felice by the hand and tells her to come with her outside. They need some fresh air. Sarah then starts to help Felice step on a box and climb out of a window.
0: Back in the party, Simon and Wilhelm find themselves next to each other. Before either acknowledge the other's presence, Willa looks nervous and is chugging water like his life depends on it. Willa then says hi first and Simon responds with hi as well. Willa asks how Simon is doing and Simon responds, I'm good. He looks nervous though, like he's not sure if they should really be doing this. Willem looks really happy and nods his head and fixes his hair. But then Simon says, I uh, gotta go. But Simon smiles at him like maybe he was just nervous to be talking to him. Wilhelm stands there for a brief second before deciding to follow him, saying, Hey, wait, 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 I was just about to go outside, and, um, do you want to come with?
1: Cut to Wilhelm and Simon sneaking out of a window. Simon points out his sister, who is stumbling away from the palace with Felice, the two of them giggling uncontrollably with their arms draped over each other's shoulders. Wilhelm asks if Sarah is friends with Felice. Simon says she- hmm? Simon says he didn't think so. Note to self, never write Simon Says. It's so difficult to say.
0: It is, unless you're playing a game.
1: Cut to the two of them sitting together on a patch of grass next to the porch of the palace. Wilhelm stares at the night sky and starts to softly sing It Takes a Fool to Remain Sane. Simon smirks and turns to look at him. Still looking up, Villa asks Simon what the next line is. Simone softly starts to sing it, while Villa badly tries to match him. Eventually, Villa gives up trying to remember the words and giggles to himself, cutting them both off. Simon asks what Wilhelm thought of his singing. Wilhelm softly smiles and says it was nice, telling Simon, I heard all the different voices. It was like every person up on that stage, everyone next to you, was lost in their own voice, in the music. He asks Simon if he knows what he means, and Simon, clearly flattered, replies that he absolutely does. Wilhelm goes on, saying, and then, like, you sang. Like, you sang the loudest, and I could tell that you were singing from your heart. The two of them gaze at each other for a moment before Wilhelm asks if Simon is happy at Hilershka. Simon flips the script and asks Wilhelm the same thing. After a long and heavy pause, Wilhelm tells an obvious lie. He says yes. Simon doesn't press him. He just says, Good. Off in the distance, the pair hear August call out Villa's name. Wilhelm panics and tells Simon to get down and forces them to hide, briefly putting a hand over the other boy's mouth to keep him quiet. He explains that he doesn't want to talk to August. Nils joins August's voice, and Willa pushes Simon's head down, worried that the glow of the halo that he is wearing will give them away. Nils suggests that Wilhelm is probably making out with someone. Wilhelm looks over at Simon anxiously, but the other boy just grins. Meanwhile, August asks if Wilhelm left with someone, if he left with Felice. Wilhelm tells Simon to be quiet, as Nils insists that they were a group, and they keep searching for the prince. Simon starts to say Willa's name, at first softly, at which Wilhelm tells him not to do that. This leads Simon to call out Willa's name in a sing-song, much louder. Wilhelm lunges to place his hand over Simon's mouth again, shushing him all the while and reminding him that he's said to be quiet. Simon chuckles into Wilhelm's hand as Wilhelm realizes what he's done and pulls his hand away. As Electro-Pop rises, Wilhelm and Simone stare into each other's eyes, breathing heavily. They glance down at each other's lips. Wilhelm closes his eyes. And... The credits roll over bass-something dance music. And that's the end of Season 1, Episode 1. So rude! But so good.
0: That's honestly such a cruel way of ending season one. Or er, episode one, fuck.
1: It's good. It, it is bang. Good, but... Bang, bang away to end a pilot, though.
0: It's so banging.
1: Like, I always... I mean, we finished the summary, so we can have a little bit of commentary as a treat. Um, like, I, I always... Just about this episode in general, I want to say, like, like, some of the best pilots I've ever seen kind of take this approach of you see this one character or you see this one relationship and you can't imagine not continuing the show to find out what the fuck happens Mm
0: -hmm. yeah and i think they do that really well and especially the way it ends because then you just want to know what happens with them like especially the way that this episode ends because then it's like are we going to find out what happened after the episode break is is more things going to happen like this
1: yeah Directors that I've seen who only reacted the first episode like no shade, but they're actually insane. Like I I, I don't, understand, I don't how understand how you can them. watch
0: the entire pilot and not watch the rest of the show.
1: But Yeah. Like, to be fair, truth time, like I watched the pilot like up until like part way through the limo scene, I think. Um, and then I think I was just like not in a space to be like mm, too too heavy for me maybe I'll come back to this later um, and then I watched and then I watched and then I started from the beginning again when I wanted to try it again and then I got to Simone singing and watched the rest of it in a day
0: yeah that sounds just about right and to be fair it's a heavy show so like yeah not being in the headspace yeah very valid
1: I'm realizing that potentially we might want to add trigger warnings to episodes.
0: Um, Probably should.
1: Yeah. Alrighty. Are you ready for the outro? Yeah. Cool.
0: Thank you for listening. If you'd like to keep up to date with when we release new episodes and other pod-related announcements, you can check out our Instagram at people don't talk about. Our next episode will be the first of a new episode type entitled Revolution. It'll be a plot discussion of Season 1, Episode 1, with a focus on the relationship between Wilhelm and Simon, so stay tuned. With that, all there's left to say is, Let's start start a revolution, revolution, baby. baby!